Welcome to Overlooked. My name is Yemi, and I will be your host for the show. Released weekly, I share Overlooked stories from around the world with you. This will include the good, the bad, the weird, and sometimes the absolutely hilarious. Come back often, share with your friends, and feel free to add the podcast to your regular podcast rotation, wherever you get your podcasts. If you come across stories or articles that you think should be featured here, please don't hesitate to share them. Now, it's time for this week's episode. Hi, everyone. So if you followed Tonoka Media on Instagram or just so happened to be online last week, I'm sure almost all of you have heard about the large chemical explosion that took place in the port of Beirut um, in Lebanon last week. As of the recording of this episode, officials have said that the blast was caused by about 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate that was stored near the city's cargo port. The Scientific American has put out an article that discusses ammonium nitrate, and it also goes into the combination of factors that would have had to go wrong for the blast to have actually occurred. I've included the article in the blog, and it's really worth a read. So as I chat with you for the next minute or so, keep in mind that this has happened before in the West. And I say this to help provide some perspective. Last week's blast has caused devastation. There's absolutely no doubt about it. It also left a lot of people homeless, hurt, or dead. So in between COVID, political unrest, and economic turmoil, this is another huge devastation for the people of Beirut and Lebanon to deal with. Families are hurting, and the country is hurting right now. I do think there's something that needs to be said, though. The Middle East, like every other region in the world and every other country, has its issues. There is no sacred cow, as my people like to say. And so the Middle Eastern story is not just one of war, terror, and protests. There are rich modern cities with people living and loving around them just like you. The reason I say this is that we need to show empathy, love, and support. The explosion was not normal. In fact, explosions should not be normalized just because it's in a Middle Eastern country or some country far, far away. It is a tragedy. When you see or hear the news, don't just shrug and think, oh, well, there goes the Middle East again. No. Keep in perspective and keep in mind, as I said earlier, that a similar explosion involving ammonium nitrate has happened in the West. And yes, it was just as devastating. Look up the 1947 explosion that happened in the port of Texas City in Texas at Galveston Bay. With that in some form of perspective, normalizing the trauma and tragedy that people are living with should actually not even be normal. So yes, I'm imploring you, my dear listener, to apply the same level of empathy to Beirut as you would if a similar blast actually happened in your city, the place where you are living right now. Imagine something similar rocking your world from its very, very core. So please and please, if you can, donate to the Lebanese Red Cross and other organizations like Disaster Relief and the Life Emergency Relief Fund. If you can't, please and please again, remember them in your thoughts and prayers. I know we say this all the time, but remember the families, the friends, and the loved ones that are hurting right now. Remember the lives that may well never ever be the same after this. Regardless of our differences, we all have hearts and we all bleed red. Now, 
Let's dig into this week's underreported stories. North Macedonia has opened its very first sign language cafe. And yes, dear listener, I understand the irony of speaking about this on a podcast which is primarily on an audio platform. It doesn't make it any less valid or cool. Plus, we can give this cafe some love and some support, especially if you happen to be visiting North Macedonia. One thing I found rather irksome, and I'm going to vent a little bit here, is that as I was researching the story, a lot of news outlets kept calling this the sign language cafe. And yes, I have air quotes going for all of you who obviously can't see me. They never said what the name was, and that is basic information that should have actually been included in their reporting. Over and above the fact that it is a sign language cafe, I do think it's important to share the story in a way that allows people to easily find the shop. Even when interviewing the owners, the caption just said, cafe owner. Anyway, in the end, I found the name of the cafe from the bio of the owners in a talk they had given back in October 2019. The cafe is called the O2 Coffee and Concept Bar, and it is a brainchild of Radmila Perik and Martin Angelov. So if you're ever in the area, stop by and show them some love. So Italy inaugurated a new slick bridge in Genoa last week. And so you may be wondering, Yemi, why are we talking about a bridge? Well, the new bridge replaces the old Morandi Bridge, which tragically collapsed and killed 43 people in 2018 after years and years of structural problems. President Sergei Mattarella will be the first to officially cross the new bridge and the names of the victims will be read out loud, even though many of their loved ones will not be present. 43 stars will also shine in the bridge every night, one in honor of each victim. For some residents, it will always be a painful reminder of the loved ones that they lost, while for others, the structure will represent a sign of rebirth while paying homage to those who were lost. So we're going to still hang out in Italy for this next story. There are concerns that a Pantheon glacier may break apart and slide off. The glacier lies under a mastiff on the Italian side of Mont Blanc, the highest mountain in the Alps. The glacier's size has been likened to that of a football field, and by football, I am referring to soccer. So as you can visualize, it is quite massive. Sharp changes in temperature from hot to cold and to hot again are being blamed for the dangerous state of the glacier. Because there is a danger that it could give away any moment, the immediate area has actually been evacuated. In the blog linked in the description, there is a video from IRPI, the organization that monitors the glacier, and it shows the evolution and the gradual displacement of the glacier frame by frame. It is fascinating to watch. You should look at it. So let's take a news break for your fun fact. This week I learned that there is a fire alarm that releases the odor, or rather the gas compound from wasabi. As weird and wacky as that is, by inhaling the gas, the eye-watering burn from wasabi is intended to wake up people who are deaf or who struggle to hear and who may not be able to actually hear a fire alarm when it goes off. It is definitely weird, but I think it's pretty innovative. And I thought it was cool, so I included it this week. 
Oil is leaking from a bulk carrier that ran aground in the southeast of the beautiful island of Mauritius. Rightfully, this has raised fears of an environmental catastrophe. The oil tanker belongs to a Japanese company but flies the Panamanian flag. It ran aground on July the 25th and its crew was evacuated safely. According to local press, the ship was carrying 200 tons of diesel and 3,800 tons of bunker fuel. The ship did not break apart, but if that happens, it would be even a bigger crisis, which officials of Mauritius have admitted that they are not well equipped to handle. Mauritius has a crucial dependence on its seas for food and for tourism, and it boasts some of the finest coral reefs in the world. So this has a tendency to be quite damaging, and that, my friends, is putting it mildly. A simple blood test for prostate cancer is producing a 99% accuracy rating. This is a level of precision that has never been achieved for a blood test of this particular kind of cancer before. What's even cooler is that the test can determine the exact stage and progression of the cancer, which also reduces the need for invasive biopsies and scans. The team behind the breakthrough involved researchers from Nottingham Trent University and the University Hospital's Leicester NHS Trust in the United Kingdom. This new test has the potential to not only save lives, but to save millions of dollars in treatment and patient care by catching the cancer in early stages and reducing the number of more expensive and invasive procedures a patient may have had to go through. Shawarma is delicious. Yes, I said it. It is a delicious rotisserie meal. I mean, even the Avengers love it. You can see that in the after credits of the 2012 movie when the whole gang sat around munching shawarmas after saving the world. This story, however, is not as satisfying. Unfortunately, in Jordan, more than 800 people have been taken to hospital with food poisoning after eating at a shawarma restaurant. Health officials have found that the meat was not refrigerated properly. Three people, including the restaurant owner, have been detained. So, thoughts and prayers for all these people that are sick in Jordan. Um, Keep them on your mind together with the people of Lebanon and Beirut. In Uganda, a missionary from the United States who had no medical training has settled a lawsuit involving the death of 105 children at her care center. Her name is Renee Batch. She operated a charitable treatment center for severely malnourished children in Uganda, and the charity is called Serving His Children. Under the agreement, Renee Batch and the charity will pay about $9,500 per mother but neither Renee nor the charity will admit liability. Prima Kwagala, a Ugandan civil rights attorney whose organization filed a suit on behalf of the mothers in January of last year, said that the settlement was in line with the typical court judgments for medical malpractice deaths cases in Uganda and that it had brought her clients a measure of closure. The story itself is long and complicated. But in summary, significantly malnourished children or people in general need an advanced level of treatment by trained medical professionals. Renee's facilities offered none of this. Not only were doctors never hired, Renee Batch herself made medical decisions on behalf of children at the center, 
and performed medical procedures, including blood transfusions, without any supervisions at the unlicensed facility. Renee said she was sorry in court and that she would never return to Uganda or be involved in medical practice in the country anymore. So I'm going to say this louder for those at the back that can't hear me. For the French doctors who in April this year wanted to test vaccines in Africa as experiments, hear this. Africans are not guinea pigs. They are not for your experiments. They are not for your tests. And they are not for you to figure things out. So my public service announcement is over. You're welcome. So here we are. We're already at the end of the episode. And I generally like to start and end the episode with somewhat of a positive note. The website, A New Scientist, is reporting that a vaccine against Lyme disease has been shown to be safe and effective in clinical trial and could be available as soon as 2025. Lyme disease is transmitted by tick bites. And although it can easily be treated with antibiotics if caught early, it can go on to cause an extremely unpleasant illness if left untreated. This would involve symptoms such as muscle pain, nerve pain, chronic tiredness, inflammation of the brain and spinal cord, and severe headaches. Yeah. So a French company called Valneva has developed a vaccine that works by stopping the Lyme-causing bacteria in ticks from passing into a person's bloodstream when the ticks bite. The vaccine is currently the only active Lyme disease vaccine in clinical development. Of course, there is still more work to be done. I mean, vaccine development is a long and arduous process. But these results are promising. Positive and a nice way to round out our podcast and our hangout for this week. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and have yourselves a great, great week. For listening, friends. As a reminder, the podcast is released weekly. Subscribe or follow across social media to be notified when a new episode is released. Overlooked is a Tunuka Media production, which also includes shows like Africa in My Kitchen, with more on the way. Follow Tunuka Media on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to connect to say hi or to be on the forefront of upcoming shows and program schedules. Until next time, I'm your host, Yemi. Wishing you a better tomorrow.